In every culture and every place in the world, there is a phenomenon that exists, and uh, that phenomenon is religion. In no culture that has ever existed in the world have we found uh, a people that uh, had no type of religion. Isn't that pretty, I mean, it's kind of astounding, right? Throughout the entire world, there's always been some sort of religion. And in fact, there's been a specific act that's been associated with religion that has been in every time and every culture found. And that act is sacrifice. That act is sacrifice. You know, we uh, want to make things right when we recognize that we've done something wrong, right? It starts as little kids. We recognize, okay, well, I broke the, the vase that my grandmother gave my mom or whatever uh, because I was playing ball in the house, right? And, and you're like, I want to make it right. And even if you go hide, you recognize there's something wrong and I want to make it right but I don't know how to make it right, and so I go hide because I'm afraid that the, there's this wrathful parent that's going to come after me, right, and my life is going to be ended because I broke the vase. We want to be in right relationship. We have this desire for atonement, atonement, that word atonement, at one meant, right, at one making. We want to be together. We want to be reconciled. When we break a relationship, when we, uh, when we break justice, justice is simply being in right relationship to, uh, to people. That's the broadest definition of justice that you could possibly have, I think. We want to fix it. And because of that, when it comes to our relationships with people, we try and fix things, and sometimes we can, and sometimes we can't. And we try and make up. Uh, if we break a window, we try and pay for the window. If we hit someone else's car, we pay for the, the, the fixing of the car, right? Uh, if, though, we offend God, we still have that desire. We still have this longing for relationship to be righted. And we wonder, how can we make up for this? How can we fix this? How can we become at one with God who is infinitely majestic and therefore, if we offer any offense to Him, it's an infinitely costly offense. You know, God could just say, uh, well, it doesn't really matter. But we wouldn't be satisfied with that, would we? We have this deep desire that when we do something, we want to be able to offer something in return to fix the problem. And that's where sacrifice has its origins. That's that deep desire. That's why it's in every culture, in every place, there's sacrifice because men and women have recognized throughout the world that something is off and they want to fix it. Sacrifice is the principal act of religion, which is the virtue by which we try to offer justice to God. We try to offer what God is due. Now, we can never do that perfectly on our own. But we can when we're united with Jesus. 
John the Baptist in the gospel today says something really strange, if you hear it. Uh, He says, behold the Lamb of God. You as Catholics, I as Catholics, if you're not Catholic, welcome. I'm so glad you're here, right? Uh, We hear that phrase a lot. You're going to hear it at least, uh, let's see, three, four, four more times today, not including my homily, right? Four more times today in the Mass, you're going to hear the word Lamb of God. You hear it at least five times every time you come to a Sunday Mass. You hear it in the Gloria, you hear it at the Agnus Dei three times, and you hear it when the priest holds up the body of Christ and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, quoting John the Baptist. Why is Jesus called the Lamb? Is it because he's cute and tender and soft and cuddly? Is that the point? No, no, friends. John the Baptist is looking at Jesus and he's saying, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the sacrifice. Behold the one who will bring atonement. Right? The lamb is the paschal sacrifice. It's the Passover sacrifice that was offered in the temple which saved the people from their sins in that great story of the Exodus. And that answer, right, the behold the lamb of God, that's the answer to the question that, uh, that Isaac asked as Abraham and Isaac walked up the mountain to offer sacrifice and he said here is the wood here is the knife here is the fire but where is the lamb for sacrifice if you want a picture of that it's right over there in the stained glass where is the lamb for sacrifice and John the Baptist answers that question which has been ringing in human hearts forever where is the sacrifice that will make us one with God Jesus is the atoning sacrifice. His sacrifice isn't brought about, it's not an act of punishment, it's not an act of a bloodthirsty father trying to get uh, what he needs. No, it's a willing offering of love. A willing offering of charity so great that it erases, it, it satisfies It super abundantly satisfies for every sin that any person has ever committed from the beginning of history until the end of history. He offers himself. He is the priest and the sacrifice and the altar upon which the sacrifice is offered and he brings us into right relationship with God. You see, a sacrifice has two parts, right? The first part of a sacrifice is that something is set aside. It's consecrated. That's where we get the word sacrifice from. Sacra or sacrum, that means holy or set aside. And facere, which means to make, right? To make holy. It's set aside. So today, in just a minute, we're going to have the bread and the wine brought forward and we're going to place them on the altar. We're going to set them aside to be made holy. And then, then the second part of a sacrifice is the offering. The offering which involves some sort of change. Jesus on the cross died and rose again. This is the change which was affected, which uh, 
is the offering, Jesus himself offering to the Father his very life for our good. In the Mass today, the bread and the wine are offered to God by the action of the who by the action of the Spirit makes them the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, which then we offer to the Father. You see, Christ did not want us to be merely beneficiaries of his sacrifice. That would have been enough, right? That in itself is an amazing gift. But he desires something more. He desires that we be co-offerers with him of his sacrifice to the Father. He wants us, his bride, the church, head and members, to be able to offer to the Father with him. How do we do that? Here in the Mass. When we take the bread and the wine, which represents all of our offerings, and they're made into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And then that's offered to the Father. He himself offers his very life to the Father. This is why the Mass is a true sacrifice. The Mass is the same sacrifice as Calvary. The priest is the same. It's Jesus. The offering, the one offered is the same. It's Jesus. And the reason for the offering is the same. For our salvation. So how do you do that practically here? Right? This is, this is in fact why the church says you should be at Mass every Sunday. Because you're to be co-offerers with Jesus of his own sacrifice. So how do you do that? Like really practically, how do you do that? First, you recognize that you're not a spectator. When you come to Mass... You're not a spectator. You're not here primarily to get something. Right? That's a hard change, right? We live in a consumeristic society where if something doesn't sound right, if it doesn't look right, right, if the homily's not perfect, right? As good as our homilies are, I don't want you coming to Mass for the homily, right? I mean, I want you to come to Mass no matter what. But uh, the point of the Mass is not the homily. It's not the music. It's not like getting something as important as that is, it's that you get to offer. That's what you should be doing here. That's what I should be doing here. Principally, we're called here to offer sacrifice in union with that one sacrifice of Christ. You do receive something, something great, right? The Eucharist. He himself comes to dwell with you. But first you offer. So the invitation that I make every Mass, that every priest makes every Mass to everyone who's there, right right after the bread and the wine are placed on the altar, is something so important. And it gets passed over in the Mass really quickly, right? Pray, brothers and sisters, that that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. My sacrifice, I'm representing in that moment, the priest is representing Christ the head. And yours, that's your sacrifice. What is your offering today? 
right? Today we're bringing back the offertory procession and we're bringing back, uh, we're having like a, the, we're going to continue to have a children's offering where they're able to take the little pictures that they draw and stuff like that and bring them and make an offering. Why are we doing those things? Well, because that is a visible sign of what we ought to be doing in our hearts the entirety of the Mass. Placing on the altar our joys and our sorrows, placing on the altar all of our talents and treasure, all of our time, everything, we have to place it on the altar so that Jesus becomes our all. And in living Jesus in the world, we offer a fitting sacrifice of charity. In the fruit of your labor, Offered, you offer a fitting sacrifice of charity in union with Him. That's what we do at Mass, friends. That's why we're here. All of those offerings in union with Jesus' one offering are placed on the altar today. The bread and the wine are 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 brought forward as a sign of those offerings. And then they're made into the body and blood of Christ. And so your offering is connected to Jesus's and you become a true co-offerer with him. Friends, this is the meaning of what we're doing here. That we might eventually be able to say with the psalmist Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will.